Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty. Brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker. Dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. Is it my perception or is this reality that Sam Pittman and Cody Kennedy are trying to load up as greatly as possible for the offensive line? And I don't think they're just grabbing or jumping at straws. I think they are going for maybe some of the cream of the crop as possibilities for that offensive line. Yeah, it certainly seems like it. I mean, you look at – Danny had an article today. I'm sure you're referencing that about some of the Correct. guys that are that are coming in that have set official visits, and it's um, it's an impressive list. And uh, some guys with some size, some guys that are nationally ranked, a lot of four stars. I mean, you see a lot of 6'6", 308, 6'7", 345. <laughs> I mean, some big dudes, and uh, that's, that's what – Pittman has done. I mean, we haven't even really seen Pittman's offensive line yet. You know, I mean, we have. He's got you know the guys that are that are there and um, you know have been doing it for the last couple of years. But his recruits, we haven't really seen his recruits actually take the field yet. So it'll be interesting to see when that happens. You know, obviously, um, you know there'll probably be a pretty big movement in uh, another year or two, you know, where we just start seeing Pittman recruits on the offensive lines. But, uh, yeah, there's no question that they've done a great job recruiting that position. You look at the guys that they brought in last year, Chambly, Harris, Kudis, uh, Henderson. It's a really strong group on the offensive line, and it uh, looks like they're preparing for another really good group again this year. I do wish, uh, Trey, on the other hand, they would get guys that uh, are prospects that you can easily look at their last name and – and know how to say it properly. Would you like to attempt? <laughs> is it Charles Jagush? Yeah, I'm thinking it's a soft J. Yagish. Yagish. What I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a soft J. Um, you know, they right, got my commitment right now is Joey Sua S U apostrophe A. That's not too hard, Sua. Uh, so they've got one on the offensive line so far. Pittman said he wants to sign four. That's kind of been the number he talks about every year, sign at least four on the offensive line. So, um, you know, probably at least three more. I think it's it's kind of interesting, kind of weird, really, when you look at the the, the commitment list right now. Um, there's just, is just the one uh, from SUA, just the one commitment right now, number five-ranked class in the country. And what are they, up to 11 commitments right now? So, yeah, just one offensive lineman. So that's – you kind of wouldn't expect that from a, a Pittman recruiting staff. But they're certainly – a lot of guys, you know, in the chamber, I guess that uh, that they're going to have a really good shot at. They're going to they're going to put together a really strong offensive line class. I think that's clear just by the names that have been mentioned um, and and are obviously planning visits. All right, Mark, write this name down. You got you got paper, pencil handy. Okay. All right. J, A, G, U, S, A, H, J, A. G U S A H. One more time, right? J A G Jag. Jag 
<laughs> you saw. J A G U S A H. Oh wow! Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> All right, we'll let you think about that for a moment. Let's talk to uh, Jared. Jared, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, good to hear from you guys this afternoon. Thank you. Hey, Trey. Um, you uh, you wrote an article. Uh, I guess it was a week and a half or two weeks ago now about uh, Dylan Callahan being like in the top twenty-five prospects coming out uh, next yeah, that year. Was, that wasn't my um, article, but it was an article on twenty-four-seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when's the last time? I know we had Darren McFadden and Phyllis Jones going the first round in the same year, but when's the last time we had back-to-back years where we had people drafted in the first round? And also, what is the what does Ricky Strongberg look like at, as, a, as we're talking about offensive line? What is his prospects mm-hmm. as, as a pro? Is he, is he what's where's his grade at when it comes to rounds? And I'll hang up the list. Have a great day. Thank you, Jared. Yeah, I guess that's probably the last two, isn't it? Um, Batman Carroll and Sean Andrews, I believe, were the same year. That's been that was before McFadden and Jones, but I think that's probably the last year that they've had two in the first round. So it's been a while. That's 2007 draft, I guess. Um, is that right? 2007, 2008 draft, maybe. Um, so yeah, it's been a while after the 2007 season. Um, as for, uh, as for Ricky Stromberg, I think that he's got an NFL future. I think it's kind of interesting though, too. You know, we were talking about Myron Cunningham last year. It's a big deal that he's coming back and all this stuff. He got a mid round grade. And then this year comes around and he gets an NFL combine invite, but nobody's talking about him as the possibility to be drafted. Like he's like an afterthought that he would even, you know, that anyone would consider drafting him and he goes undrafted. I thought that was kind of interesting that it, it played out that way. Uh, with Stromberg, I think that he will test really well. You know, you can go back to Stromberg's days. Uh, first of all, this guy's weight has been all over the place. When starting with his junior year, you know, to when he arrived on campus to, I mean, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's been steady these last couple of years. But when he was in high school, he had the highest vertical jump of anybody at any opening event, the Nike opening events, which are regional all the way around the country. He had the highest vertical jump for anybody over 280 pounds and was like 320 or something. You know, so I think that Ricky will test really well, which will help, obviously. Um, in addition to put, you know, putting out some pretty good film, um, you know, and he'll, you know, be it leaves after this year, he'll he'll have been a four-year starter at Arkansas in the SEC. So I think we'll see Ricky get drafted. I think he'll probably come out next year, um, even though he could come back for one more year as a COVID year. But I think he'll probably come out next year, and I think we'll see him get drafted. Probably middle rounds. Would a fair comparison to Ricky Stromberg, would it be Travis Swanson? I don't know. I don't know if I view them as the same kind of players. Definitely different personalities. Uh, I don't know who I would compare him to off the top of my head. I think Ricky could have played defensive tackle. I'm not sure Travis would have played defensive tackle, but I think Ricky could have if that had been uh, in the plans for him. Well, Detroit took Travis Swanson in the first round, and I can't remember how much Travis played center at Arkansas, but that's where he plays – or did play? Yeah, he played center. He, he was a multi-year starter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, he was first. I don't think he was first round. Yeah, he was first you're round. Thinking of, 
There was a lot of uh, question marks by the analyst why he did go in the first round. But, yes, he was he was a first-rounder for Detroit. And he was a third-rounder, 76 third? overall. Yeah. You're thinking of another Detroit Lions pick, and that's Frank Ragnow, who was a first-rounder. Ragnow, pick. okay. All right. Yeah, I got him he's been a, Okay. You yeah. got him twisted. I got him twisted. My bad. My bad. All right, let's make Travis Two Razorbacks drafted anyway. by Detroit, not that far apart. I can see how that would happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to turn him into a first-rounder that way. Uh, <laughs> It's always easy to remember that way. But I just got to believe, again, as you continue to stack them up, that um, there's going to be more than a guy named Ricky Stromberg that's going to be drafted into the National Football League out of the offensive. I mean, just look what – and I understand some will say, well, that's Georgia. Well, look what, he, mm-hmm. look what Sam Pittman did at Georgia. In fact, you can even – Go back to his first a couple of years at Arkansas. Look what he did at Arkansas, Denver Kirkland, yeah. and those guys. So Denver Kirkland, um, you know Kirkland wasn't. I don't believe Kirkland was drafted. They ended up no, playing, he wasn't. He ended up playing in the NFL, right. and and uh, Dan Skipper played in the NFL also. Uh, but you had Frank Ragnow, Sebastian Jatola was drafted. I believe a fourth round pick, maybe. Uh, so he had some guys definitely that that were were picked, and you know definitely won some recruiting battles at Arkansas on the offensive line too. But um, you know I look at this group, and Takias Crawford has every single thing that you would want in an NFL offensive lineman physically. One day I think that he will be drafted. I think he'll end up starting next year. I think they'll find a, a spot for him somewhere, figuring out how to get the best five out there. And I think one day that he'll get drafted too. I shared this <laughs> earlier with Marcus and that was is it your parent CBS Sports is that is that your parent yes Paramount Global is the parent okay. company of CBS yeah okay uh, they ranked the top 65 coaches uh, going into the 2022 season and the guy that's just continued to climb the ladder is one Sam Pittman they've got coach Pittman all the way up to number 22. So my question to you, Trey, do you pay much attention to stuff like this, even if it does come from your parent? But uh, do you pay much attention to these rankings? Um, I mean, sure. I could you should argue. take everything that CBS says is the gospel. Okay, okay. I thought yeah. you did. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I just haven't heard <laughs> you say that, but now that I've heard it, I know now for a fact that yeah. is the truth. No, you got to – I mean, these things are fun. This is the offseason. People say stuff like, why are they coming out with top 25 lists? Or they shouldn't be able to come out with national rankings till this. But it's fun. It's fun to discuss. I mean, yeah. you know, we run into an offseason. we got to discuss things like this. Sam Pittman was on everybody's list as the last guy when he was hired yeah. at Arkansas. Yes. Number 65 out of 65 Power 5 schools. He was dead last. I say don't show him the 22. I saw an interview that he did today uh, with Braden Gall, who's with uh, – Ashwan, I believe, in, in ESPN. Uh, but he did an interview with him today just talking about how he was last and how KJ was mad because he was 14th out of 14 starting quarterbacks last year going into the season. Um, so they, you know, Pittman will tell you, hey, we, you know, they don't want to see stuff like that. They want to be blue collar. They want to wear a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, seeing himself as number 22, I thought he had, he had a pretty funny quote. He said, they had me ranked as the last – SEC, or last-ranked, you know, coach in Power 5 football, 
He goes, and the worst coach in the SEC. And he goes, now I may be the worst coach in the SEC, but I, I use that as motivation, you know. So, you know, kind of a Pittman way of saying things. But uh, I thought that was that was pretty good. But uh, 22, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's definitely moving up. All those things are based off of what you did last. I mean, they take your pool of work, obviously, but a lot of it's based on, you know, what just happened last season also. I don't, I don't think. What was Arkansas ranked last season? 21st. Oh, gosh. Final You're talking first, about final they were, they were probably late fifth in, in the, even after the three and seven season, they still, Arkansas was probably still in the 50s or 40s. No, last, this, past, this past season, Arkansas was 21st nationally. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm so Pittman's 22. Yeah, it seems, that seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I look at the names that's that's before him, uh, and I'm talking counting up, uh, I guess you can say down, counting down. Um, it's easy to agree with the top three, and that is Saban at one, Smart at two, Dabo Swinney at three. But after that, I think it gets extremely subjective. Number yeah, four. Well, Dabo Swinney should be two. Then who we're do you talking have? about like it's it's based off of what happened last year. Dabo Swinney has two national championship games and I believe four national championship game appearances. I know it's a Clemson, it's not as hard as the SEC and all, but that's twice the results of, of what Smart has done. You know, so and I agree, like, yes, if I were picking a coach right now, would I pick Sweeney or Smart? I would pick Smart. I, I would think I would. But at the same time, like you're talking about you know, who's got the best resume as a coach? I would say Sweeney has it over. I would say he has it over smart. I mean, we're looking at, like, who's won a national championship? Where's Jimbo Fisher on the list? <sighs> Number five. Number five? Is there somebody else that's active that's won a national championship? Number right. four has not. That's who's four? Lincoln Riley, and I don't agree with that one. What's Lincoln Riley done? Exactly. Well, how would he get to be number four? Oklahoma? I mean, and – They've made the playoffs, but he hasn't won a national championship. Jimbo has. At least Jimbo and A&M beat uh, Alabama. Beat Alabama last season. Yeah. Oklahoma can't say With that. Calzada quarterback. Uh, number six, by the way, Ohio State's Ryan Day. Did you see where Ryan Day got an extension today to nine point? Five million dollars per year. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day's oh, a good wow. coach, but at the same time, has he won a national championship? I don't. He hasn't. But I, I kind of feel, in a way, he's kind of like slid in and took over. You know what Urban had going, and just kind of keep it going type of deal. You know, I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He is, but I'm not totally convinced that he belongs that high over some other guys. You know, he's at Ohio State. You know, you got a lot of resources there, and you're picking up on a you know a tradition of winning. Probably get some hate mail from Ohio State fans. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm just saying, like, take it to that next level. Well, we can go to the other side, and even though these are not that top tier level, it made me kind of chuckle. Is the names that were thrown out? that gracefully declined Arkansas. Now, I realize Sonny Dykes never really got into the mix. I don't think he did. 
No, um, he wasn't. He's number 35. The hot child over in Knoxville is Josh Heupel. Heupel is number 33. And then at number 32, I didn't get this one. Okay, what has he done? He's been at Louisiana. He hadn't. He has not accomplished this. Uh, that's no disrespect to the Sun Belt. But Billy Napier at number 32, you can say, well, that's not top 25. That's still number 32. Yeah. Uh, Shane Beamer. I take huge exception with that, though, Randy. I mean, I look at what he did at Louisiana. And he took that program up a notch, you know. And I would, like, say that with some other coaches, like, put this guy who's, you know, I would love to see what Lincoln Riley would do, not just taking over Bob Stoops and what he had going at Oklahoma. Now, Bob Stoops, to me, was a great coach. Even though he never, you know, he won one national championship and made some playoffs, you know, obviously made some BCS bowls, did a lot of good things, obviously. But he, Oklahoma was in the dumps when he took over. And he turned that program. That's what kind of, to me, you know, something I need to see. I need to see you, like, take your program and elevate it to another level before I'm just like, well, you're so much better than, you know, this guy who doesn't have the same resources. Or, you know, I like guys that over – Matt Rule at Baylor you know, took over a program that was like, we were just like, Baylor may never recover. And look what he did. You know, he, he turned that thing around. To me, Matt Rule, he's not in college anymore, but to me, he's way up there. I think that's, you know, I mean, it's nothing against the guy that's there now at Baylor, but in a lot of ways, he took over a situation where things were, were already going. And, you know, it's kind of a sustaining thing. Um, although, you know, he took things up a notch, I would say. So, um, I, I that's the kind of stuff that I look at. Like, it's easy to, you know, you go to Ohio State, yeah, you should be winning. You should be doing some really impressive things, um, you know. But if you go to, I don't know, somewhere, Rutgers, and turn that program around, you know, or uh, then, you know, I think that's, that's definitely notable. You've obviously got less to work with. Okay. The only thing I would say is, is um, you know, and I and I think Rule uh, certainly has been around and, and is and did some great things at Baylor, but you know, Art Browse kind of built that program as well. Trey, wouldn't you say? Well, I mean, well, Marcus, you saw what happened to Baylor; they were completely destroyed over all the the sexual assault stuff. I mean, that program people were talking death penalty. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just like just taking over continued success. That program was decimated when he took over, right. and he won big at Temple. He was one big at Temple. Hard to argue. He's not a good coach. Let's talk to Will. He's, he's a really good coach. Right. Really good coach. Will, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Man, this is good stuff you guys got going on. I got to get in on this a little bit. Jump in. So, so let's just let's just say this, Randy, uh, Trey, uh, Trey, Trey's knocking on the door. He's just about beat it down. Basically, did. Uh, Gus Malzahn is almost in his conversation twice. What I'm trying to get at is take <laughs> if you're not. It's all about your resources, man. Uh, you know. I believe Dabo is second as well, Trey, and then Kirby Smart. And Kirby, as good of a team as all as we had last year, almost coughed it up because of the quarterback position. It didn't even have, it didn't get, you know, didn't even get his cookie. But what I'm getting yeah. at is, 
is take away national championships. Nick Saban is an average coach. Put all these coaches that we're talking about and put them at Michigan State and, and, and go look at, at Nick Saban's records. He was average. He was an average coach. There's a yeah, bunch of really, really long, good coaches out there is what I'm ago, getting at. But he, he did go to LSU and win a national championship. I mean, he did. I mean, he took a program that was not doing much at LSU and, and really transformed how people view LSU. And I know, well, we all know, you know Louisiana, though, has the most all that talent. And if you put, true, a, if you put a fence were, around, and he did, and we got to give him credit for that. Doing any, but nobody was doing anything with it. The other coaches well, had the same opportunities in Louisiana with all that talent. They weren't doing anything with it. But he came but Trey in and Michigan State, it it's a pretty big-time job, and he only had one winning season there. But, hey, y'all are no, doing a great right. job. I was just going to say that all these coaches are really, really good is what I'm getting at. Y'all have a great day. Thank you, Will. Wow, Trey. Looks like we just got started. All right, we will yeah. talk with you tomorrow. That's Trey Video, Sports.com, being brought to you by Asher Record Service.